High Praise Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Joshua, lead pastor here at High Praise, and I want to thank you for downloading today's podcast. We know that this message is going to encourage and bless you. So I want you to open up your heart and receive what the Lord has for you today. How many of you this morning are just glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Are you glad to be in the house? Amen. And uh, we are so thankful for everything that God is doing. God's doing some tremendous things. I want everybody to know that that is not the glory cloud and the church is not on fire. I don't know exactly what happened there, but somebody hit a button upstairs and we got some smoke. So praise the Lord. Um, and nobody's back there smoking either. I do want to make sure that everybody's clear on that. But praise God. So good to see all of you here today. How many of you are just glad you're alive and serving Jesus today? You're glad you're alive serving Jesus? Aren't you glad that we can come together and begin to worship and praise the Lord? Jesus said the hour has come and now is when the true worshipers would worship the Father. How? In spirit and in, and in truth. To worship God in truth means you have to worship God according to his word. And uh, how many of you know that the Bible is very specific about how we worship and how we praise the Lord? And uh, one of the ways, of course, we worship the Lord, the Bible says to clap your hands, all you people. Everybody just kind of clap your hands. All right. That's a pretty good patty cake right there. But anyway, uh, it says to clap your hands, all you people, and then to shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Can you give God a shout right there where you're at? Just come on, give him a shout. And it doesn't stop there. The Bible says to lift your hands in the sanctuary. I mean, we're in the sanctuary today. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. See, all of these things, this is not weird, strange, or foreign. It sh definitely should not be that to those who are Christians, those who are members of the body of Christ. This should be commonplace to us, amen? And uh, also it goes on to say to even dance. Everybody says, let them praise his name in the dance. Psalm 149, verse 3. Let them. Everybody say, let them. I want you to know here at High Praise, we let you praise the Lord with dancing. Now, there's some churches in town, God bless them, but they won't let you praise the Lord with dancing. But I want everybody to know that we here at High Praise, you can praise the Lord, and you should praise the Lord with dancing. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. The Greek word, agelio, that is translated, that's, excuse me, the Hebrew word, agelio, uh, that's translated rejoice, meaning, literally means to leap and to twirl about. And the Hebrew word literally means to spin around under the influence of a violent emotion. And uh, so I want you to know whenever we come together and we begin to rejoice, when we begin to dance, when we begin to celebrate, that's the way that God has designed our gatherings to be. This has been in the heart of God all along. That was his plan all along. This is what church is supposed to look like, right? See, a lot of times people are, they're looking forward to going to heaven and thank God for heaven, but I, I want you to know that I'm fully convinced that there's a classroom, right? As you enter into the gates of heaven, there's a classroom off to one side, and it is called Worship 101. And the reason for that, because I'm fully convinced is there's a lot of people that will not be able to handle the praise and worship that's going on around the throne of God. The Bible says that there's lightnings, there's loud peals of thunders, that people are rejoicing and they're dancing and they're celebrating. You know, if you ask somebody, what you going to do whenever you get to heaven? They'll say, well, I'm going to worship the Lord. Well, you know what? You can't hardly take 10 minutes right now. You need to get conditioned, right? 
and go ahead and learn to worship and praise the Lord with all your might, soul, and strength. Praise God. Well, we, we have made a commitment to do that here at this church since we started it 25 years ago. We, we didn't just put a nice, well, I think high praise sounds like that's a good name. No, that's who we are. That's in our DNA. We are a worshiping church. And we believe that we should lift up the high praises of God. What it says in Psalm 149, let, let, the, let the high praises of God be in your mouth and a two-edged sword in your hand. Amen. Uh, Doc, come on up here. I, I want to just real quickly this morning, uh, uh, for you that don't know, this is Dr. Albert Mapp. For Dr. Mapp has a practice right over here on Tyndall Parkway. And he was just sharing with me something that happened to him uh, uh, throughout COVID and then through some other things that happened. I asked him to give kind of an abbreviated version, but God did a miracle in his body, a miracle in his body. And, and so I want everybody to understand this is in, so this is a, he is a, he's, he's our doctor as a matter of fact. And so, um, but he is a medical doctor and he knows all about this stuff more so than I do. But he's only, I'm going to give him opportunities to share with you. Give, give him just a big praise God. Amen. Praise Amen. the Lord. Um, I, I just want to say that um, I'm no one special. I, I'm really not. I'm, I'm just a child of God. And you know, I'm a you know, kid from Queens, New York. And um, I have to say, yeah, get a shout out for Queens. Um, I, and this is not my first rodeo with God. You know, it's not my first rodeo with blessings and and uh, bestow the gifts of God above. Uh, August 13th is a day that will always um, be in my memory banks. Um, that was the day I came down with COVID. I uh, was severely sick. Um, uh, three weeks later, I had developed blood clots to both lungs and was in the ICU for three days on IV heparin. Um, I, I will say this, um, you gotta keep the faith. You gotta keep the faith, you gotta keep the faith, you, and you gotta do your part. Um, I, I got through all that, and um, basically, um, I was going through YouTube, and I saw a 100 um, push-up uh, challenge. So somehow I thought this will get me better. So, <laughs> so I started doing push-ups. I uh, did 20 at a time to get my 100, and in between patients I did push-ups. And then I started walking. I walked up to about five miles a day. Um, I, um, my background is I was a long distance cross country runner in high school and college. And um, basically, uh, one Sunday, I was standing over there and um, a voice told me that you will run marathons again. Um, with that in mind, because uh, it, it was getting discouraging. I could not walk from here to there without being short of breath. I mean, I, I, was, I was deathly ill. Um, moving forward, um, I had a CT scan that showed that the lungs to my, the damage to my lungs showed that I was exposed to asbestos for about 10 to 15 years. Significant damage to my lungs, both lungs. COVID did that, COVID did that to me. Yeah, COVID did that. I had the COVID pneumonia and, um, and uh, with that in mind, um, I had a repeat CT scan about a year ago which showed similar um, um, picture. Um, I will have to say, 2017, I was diagnosed with a um, uh, leaky mitral valve. That's part of the story. Um, I uh, went ahead and, and had to have that valve replaced, or fixed rather, and um, my CT scan at that time showed marked improvement in my lungs. My uh, pulmonary function test, not only is, is it normal, it's above normal. And, um, and um, Shortly after, I went to Mayo Clinic to have my mitral valve fixed. Um, 
48 hours after my surgery, they said that my heart function had returned almost completely back to normal. So uh, I'm not sure the Ethiopians or the Kenyans are in danger now, but watch out. I'm going to start training for a marathon. Praise the Lord. Hey, come on, give the Lord a big praise. Hallelujah. I, amen. Amen. Now, I, I just want to make sure everybody was, because what he shared with me was that his lungs were scarred. Right. It was severely damaged and severely scarred. Right. Yeah. And then, the, the, and that normally does not heal up. Scar, scar tissue and things like that does not disappear. And the last uh, the, uh, CT scan showed that this, there's no, no scarring. Well, there's still a little bit of scarring, but markedly improved. You, you got to understand, my lungs showed damage consistent with someone who was exposed to asbestos for 10 to 15 years. You know, 10 to 15 years. So there was significant damage to my lungs, yeah. But, uh, there was a, a service that we had here, and... Uh, I think either you or Linda were telling me about this, about how you felt like there was something warm. You said you uh, in the service or something like that, uh, and you felt like that the Lord was healing you. There was, I had a voice that told me that do not worry, do not be concerned. You will be well enough to run marathons again. Yeah. And that happened. I promised myself not to get emotional about it, but it happened while I was... I was standing right over there. Oh, I promised myself. But anyway, you know, it's... I cried too. Oh, all the time. I cried when Lassie got hurt, so, you know, you can understand. <laughs> but anyway, um, it, it was just a voice that uh, gave me a, a calm and, and basically told me that, you know, um, you know, I, I, matter of fact, I, I got scholarship to run in college. I ran in college and ran undergrad in, um, in uh, high school said that you will be um, able to physically run marathons again. So, um, so yeah, sure enough. Okay. Come on, give the Lord a praise. Love you, Doc. Praise the Lord. Come on. Give God a praise. God be, amen. He'll do it for you too. Amen. Turn your Bibles real quick to Exodus chapter 14 while you're turning there. I do want to recognize our daughter and son-in-law who are here. A quick... Y'all stand up. This is my beautiful daughter, our beautiful daughter, Kayla, and her husband, Kelvin, and also Judah. That's our, one of our grandsons right there. And, um, and also Zoe's here. Of course, we're, we're so good to have them uh, visiting with us and being here. Praise the Lord. Amen. How many, just, how many of you love Jesus today? Do you love the Lord? <clears throat> how many of you believe that God has a plan for your life? How many believe that you were not an accident? They said, I don't care what your mom and daddy told you, you were not an accident. I don't care what the, the circumstances are that surrounded your conception, whether or not your mom and dad purposed uh, to have you or not. The reality is you are not an accident. There is a plan that God has for your life. And I want you to hear this this morning, that part of God's plan is victory. Everybody say victory. Would you look at somebody and say, God's plan for your life is victory. You were not brought into the kingdom of God to suffer defeat the rest of your life. You were not brought into the kingdom of God so that the enemy could play havoc with your mind, your body, and every other aspect of your being. 
You were brought into the kingdom of God and made a child of the Most High God. There was a blood covenant that was cut that you became a part of so that now you can walk in victory, you can walk in healing, you can walk in triumph. And the same God that performed miracle, even as we heard this morning, is the same God that will perform a miracle in your body. He'll perform a miracle in your family. He'll perform a miracle on your job. He'll perform a miracle in your finances. My friend, you were brought into a plan of victory hallelujah amen God never called you to suffer defeat that's not God's plan we sang the song this morning by the way that's a song that pastor Micah wrote we I love that song and uh, I, I'll never know defeat why am I never going to know defeat does that mean I'll never have any adversity no what that means is this I have already been guaranteed victory on the other side of it regardless of what I might be looking at in the natural right now Regardless of the circumstances that may be surrounding me right now, God's plan is always victory, praise God. In Exodus 14, verse 13, it says, And God said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you will see again no more forever. Now, if we can just pause or keep that scripture up on the screen how many of you are facing some kind of enemy, whether it's a financial enemy, a, a health enemy, maybe it's a marital enemy, maybe it's a family enemy, whatever it might be. How many of you have something that you might be facing right now? If you are, just kind of raise your hand. Now, what I want us to do is I, where it says Egyptians, I want you to put that issue uh, that you are facing right now in the place of that word. In other words, you say, for the financial problem whom you see today, you will see again no more forever for the for the for the uh, sickness what you of what you see today you will see again no more forever are you ready so we're going to read this scripture and as we do you put whatever the situation is there and Moses said to the people do, I'm gonna say it like this and Pastor Robert said to the people hallelujah do not be afraid read it with me do not be afraid stand still and see the salvation of the Lord which he will accomplish for you today for thee who you see today, you will see no more forever. I'm declaring to you today that today God is going to reverse the sea of adversity and turn it into a sea of victory. I declare over your life today that whatever you've been facing, that today is a day of turnaround and today is a day of breakthrough. The Lord of the breakthrough is showing up on your behalf and God is turning around the situations. Hallelujah. Look at somebody say, he's turning it around for you. It goes on to say, the Lord will fight for you. Listen, my friend, God's never, he's never lost a fight and he's not going to begin with yours. The Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Now, just to set this up, if you're not familiar with this story, God has delivered the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. And the Bible says that whenever they came out, that he brought them out with a high hand. That means that they were giving each other high fives. I, I gave an illustration of this last week. And if anybody watched any football games 
uh, yesterday, there were some high fives that were going on in Doak Campbell Stadium, if I may just take an opportunity to say that. There was, some, uh, there was a lot of high fives. There were people that were celebrating. Man, they were doing the funky chicken and every other kind of dance. It was a, you know, because uh, honestly, now I know all you Alabama fans, y'all are accustomed to, uh, accustomed to winning like this, and, but we haven't been accustomed to winning for about seven years, okay? So, I mean, it was just, it was like, wow, we're winning. <laughs> and so, you know, people were excited. It was a packed out stadium and they're giving each other high five. Listen, I can imagine when the children of Israel, think about this, they're coming out of Egypt, a bare minimum of theologians say at least 600,000 people are gathered together. They're moving out. Don't you think there was some funky chicken that was going on? Don't you think there was some MC hammer that was going on? Don't you think for a moment there was some high five? Lives that were going on as they were coming out of Egypt? Amen? What would you be doing after 500, 400, 500 years of slavery and your mama and your daddy and your grandpa and your grandma and your great-grandma and your great-grandpa had been serving under a taskmaster for all these years and in one moment God brings deliverance to you, to your future generations. Don't you think for a moment there was some celebration that was going on? There was some high five. God was bringing them out with a high hand. Why was he bringing them out with a high hand? The Bible says this, that he caused the Egyptians to load them down with silver. They loaded them down with gold. They loaded them down with cattle. They loaded them down with oxen. They loaded them down with sheep. They said, take all of our stuff and get out of here because we don't want any more of this stuff that's coming upon us. My friend, I'm telling you that God is bringing the church out today with a high hand. You have been delivered. You have been set free. Hallelujah. By the power of God. Now understand whenever God brought them out, they were celebrating. They were rejoicing. And if you'll read, actually, even in the previous chapter, the Bible says this, that God led them by the way of the Red Sea. So think about this. He leads them directly to a place where there is going to be adversity that they are going to face. May I say this? Sometimes the adverse moments that we face that we may be thinking, this is terrible, it's doomsday. You know, turn on the gas, light a match, goodbye world, goodbye. Hear this, it is only God setting you up to turn your sea of adversity into a sea of victory that begins to swallow up everything that the enemy has thrown your way. It wasn't a good sight. They began to cry out, it's over. We should, and as a matter of fact, you know, numerous times, of course, I don't have time to get in there, but they always talked about, let's go back to where the leeks and the onions are. You ever read that? Oh, it would have been better if we would have remained in Egypt where the leeks and the onions, listen, the only thing that leeks and onions are going to do is give you bad breath. Listen, we're not backsliding, we're moving forward. I said, I'm not backsliding, I'm moving forward. Are you going to calm down your intensity? You know, you're getting a little, you're getting older now, Pastor Robert. Listen, I didn't know that. I actually, I still feel like I'm about 20. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. And listen, I'm not going to slow down. I'm not going to lose my intensity. I'm going to keep on serving God. And I'm more determined more than ever that not only am I going to serve the Lord, but my generations are going to serve the Lord. The Bible declares that my sons and my daughters, uh, that they will prophesy and they will show forth the glory of God. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. You may be standing and believing for your son or daughter. My friend, God's going to turn the sea of adversity into a sea of victory, and there's going to be a turnaround within their lives. I said there's going to be a turnaround in their lives. 
I'm declaring to you prophetically, I'm not just making a nice statement over you today. I believe the Holy Ghost is speaking over your life today. And God is saying there will be a turnaround. Those that are bound by lesbianism and homosexuality, those that are bound by perversion, those that are bound by drugs, those who are bound by the every other thing that the enemy would throw their way. This is a day of turnaround and a day of breakthrough. Hallelujah. Everybody shout breakthrough. You know, it's amazing in our culture and our society today how many things have just become commonplace. And even people in the church many times don't even think about these things. I'm telling you, God's waking the church up today, and we're beginning to say we're going we're to receive the fullness of everything that God has for us. Can everybody say amen? So they're at the Red Sea. They begin to cry out, and they're... they're, uh, they're, they're there are specific things that God told them that they needed to do. You know the rest of the story. You know the end of the story. I know all of you know this story. Ultimately, they walk over on dry ground. Ultimately, Pharaoh and his army, they pursue them in the middle of the Red Sea. God tells Moses, Moses, stretch, stretch your hand back over the Red Sea, and I'm going to cause the Red Sea to collapse upon the Egyptians and you're going to see them no more. Now understand, he had already told them before they crossed the... Oh, you got to get a hold of this. He told them before they crossed the Red Sea, the Egyptians that you see today, you will see no more. Can I tell you that we serve a prophetic God that always speaks the end from the beginning. Over in Romans 4, it actually says that God calls those things which be not as though they already were. You know, this has been something that God's really been burning within my heart and my spirit that we as believers, and if we're going to call ourselves prophetic people, then we need to begin to act prophetic. Right? We serve a prophetic God. What is the prophetic ministry? What, what is prophecy? What is, well, what is it? It is actually merely the articulation of God's will and purpose within the earth. It is the release of his word over the situations that we are facing in a, in a fallen world. So what does God, God gives a very clear example in the very beginning after he begin, you know, creates the heavens and the earth. The Bible says the earth is without form, void, and darkness is upon the face of the deep. And the Bible says this, that the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Everybody say the Holy Ghost was hovering over the face of the waters. What does that mean? God is The Spirit of God is standing there waiting. I'm just waiting to hear the Word. Once the Word is released, then I'm going to go into action. Can I tell you, God is releasing His Word over your life because the Holy Ghost right now, He's hovering over your family. He's hovering over your finances. He's hovering over the issues that you might be facing. And right now, the Word of the Lord is being released. Why? So the Holy Ghost can go to work, hallelujah, and begin to bring it into existence. But there's some specific things that we, of course, we know they, you know, God, uh, you know, eventually they, they're, they're destroyed and there's dead bodies that start rolling up on the other side of the Red Sea. And uh, I, if you can just get a picture of this, you know, think in the midst of all this catastrophe that's happening, God totally wiped out their enemy in front of their face because their enemy would not relent. The enemy was trying to stop the, and uh, the purpose of God, God totally wiped them out. And then what happened is they started rejoicing. It says over in Exodus 15, they began to sing. The, they called it the Song of Moses. I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider is thrown into the sea. 
My friend, there's some horses and riders that's getting thrown into the sea today. I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost, there are some horses and riders that have been pursuing you, that have been on your heels, uh, that would not relent. But I'm declaring to you today that today is a day of breakthrough, that God is turning your sea of adversity into a sea of victory. If you will just grab a hold of the word of the Lord and believe what he is saying, God is turning things around for you. Look at somebody say, God's turning things around for you. So there's a couple things I want to point out this morning. The first thing that God specifically told them, and this is what you need to do in order to see your sea of adversity turned into a sea of victory. Number one is have no fear. Don't be afraid. Look at somebody and say, don't be a scaredy cat. <laughs> see, don't be afraid. I know it's probably been a long time since some of you have heard that phrase. Anybody else ever heard that phrase, scaredy cat? But anyway, don't be afraid. You ever notice, you know, any time something happened outside of the ordinary, Israel, what we see in the Bible, they were always freaking out. You know, a lot of people in the church today, they're always freaking out about things. They're, and listen, what we see is that God does not freak out. We have people that are reacting to what hell's doing rather than responding with a word from heaven. We don't need to be those that freak out. We need to be those who prophesy. We don't need to be those who get afraid and upset. All oh, the world's coming to an end. Didn't you see what the, the news headlines on inflation? Well, listen, it didn't change the headlines I've been reading. And I've been reading over in Philippians headlines. And in Philippians 4:19, it says, My God will supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I didn't see anything mentioned as far as predicated that supply coming into my life. Are y'all following what I'm saying? Obviously, nobody likes paying $5 for gasoline. And the good news is, is actually, I took a picture the other day. It's $2.99 some places now. So praise the Lord for that, all right? But understand this. I, listen, my faith is not determined by the price of gasoline. My faith is not determined by the price of beef. My faith is not determined by the price of rice. And by the way, you shouldn't freak out. You just say, Lord, I know you know all things. Nothing is taking you by surprise. And God, regardless of what the world does, it doesn't change you. You are still the one who sits high and seated on the throne. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, what Israel was doing, they were seeing the sea. They were seeing inflation. Oh, I'm going to get this real personal. They were seeing inflation. They were seeing the craziness of the society and the craziness of the culture. But God led them that way because he wanted to do a miracle within their lives. See, I'm going to lead you right there just so I can show my power. I, I'm going to, as a matter of fact, it actually says that God allowed Pharaoh to be raised up just so he could show his power. Somebody needs to get a hold of this. Boy, we need to change some of our perspective. And we have to realize that, listen, God is bigger than every bit of the stuff that we see going on. And there is nothing that is impossible for him. There is nothing that is too difficult for him. So there's no reason to freak out. Look at somebody and say, don't freak out. Got too many people doing that. If you're a believer, you don't have any reason. The world's got reason to freak out, but I don't have a reason to freak out. The world's got a reason because they don't have a hope, but my hope is in Christ alone. Upon the solid rock I stand. 
other grounds they're shifting sand but upon that rock I stand upon that rock I make my claim and when everything else is shifting all around me I'm still standing on a rock whenever the world is going crazy I'm still standing on the rock whenever the world proclaims the lie is the truth I'm still standing on the rock are you following what I'm saying see you have to be determined in that so you can't be afraid. Fear is a doorway through which the enemy begins to enter. Fear is what causes the enemy to have a stronghold in your life. Look at somebody and say, no more fear. The second thing is this, stand still. Everybody say, stand still. Having done all to stand. Uh, having done all to stand. Uh, See, in the midst of everything, you just got to keep standing. Have, after I've done everything I know to do, I'm going to keep on standing. I'm not going to change my position. I'm not going to change what I believe. Well, maybe God didn't mean, yes, he did mean the promise. Yes, the promise that was spoken over your life. It's exactly what he said. You just have to keep standing. Let me tell you, my wife and I, we have stood so many times. Our daughter's here today. She's here today because they drove from Orlando early this morning to be in service. But let me tell you really what the reason that she's here. The, really the reason that she's here is because over 30 years ago, there was a doctor that was saying that she had a blighted ovum. Over 30 years ago, my wife was bleeding heavily and she had bled heavily for about six weeks. But you know what? We had the word of the Lord that said that we would have a daughter who would be a dancer in the house of the Lord. And I can remember laying my hands upon her stomach and I said, you will live, you will live. She didn't even know it, but I knew it. You will live and not die. Kayla, that's what I was saying. I spoke over you when you were in that womb. I said, you will live and not die. The doctors wanted to have a DNC, but God's word, it was a different plan. It was a different thing that God wanted to do. She's here today because I dared to believe. We dared to believe. We dared to stand. Having done all, we're going to keep standing. Having done all, we're going to keep on standing. Having done all, we're going to keep on. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying today? Having done all, I'm going to keep on standing. We've been in life and death situations. And I want everybody to hear this. God has never failed. He has never failed. You know, you've got to fight for your promise. I'm getting a little bit off here, but you've got to fight for your promise. You have to say, nobody's going to take devil. You can't have my promise when this young man right here, our grandson, was born, I know you've heard these testimonies, but listen, I like hearing them. Every time I talk about it, it builds my faith. It reminds me of the greatness of God. Whenever he comes out and the cord's wrapped, got a full knot in his cord, he's born six weeks prematurely, he's not breathing. Statistically, less than 1% of children that are born in that manner actually live. The statistics are staggering. He wasn't supposed to be here. But can I tell you something? He had a mom and dad said, you're not going to take devil, you can't take our child. He had grandparents that were declaring, you're not going to take our seed. Uh, having done all to stand, we're going to keep standing. God's going to turn our sea of adversity into a sea of victory. I know it looks bad right now. I know we're going through the test right now. But I'm going to have a testimony on the other side of the test. Hallelujah. Some of you might be going through a test right now, but I'm here to declare to you, you're going to have a testimony on the other side. You have to stand firm in the midst of every crazy thing that's going on, and you have to say, let God be true, and every man a liar. I don't care what it looks like. God will not fail me. Everybody say, stand firm. I could, boy, I could elaborate on so many of these things. 
The next thing is you got to look. He says, see the salvation of the Lord. you got to begin to look with the eye of faith. God tells them to see salvation before anything happens. Think about this. Stand still and see. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I want you to see something before it actually even happens. And I will tell you, you have to begin to see with the eye of faith. You see, there really is nothing uh, people many times call blind faith. Faith isn't blind. Faith sees. Faith has vision. When you're standing and believing, you're looking at something. I'm just looking at something that I cannot see with the natural eye. Because faith is the evidence, get it? It's the evidence of things not see. I can't see it with, it's the evidence. See, I can't see it with my natural eye, but I have some evidence called the word of the Lord that has been spoken over my life. My faith is the evidence that I have, hallelujah. Are you following this? He says, stand and see the salvation of the Lord. I want you to begin to look with the eye of faith. I want you to begin to see things differently. I want you to get a different perspective. For you that are believing for your children, begin to call them saved. Begin to call them delivered. Rather than talking about all the bad things that they're doing, I understand. I, I, there may be times you've got to address those things, but understand this, that doesn't need to be the center of your conversation about them. What you need to begin to do is declare what God has said about them. I said you've got to start talking about what God said about them. And what my Bible tells me over in Joel chapter 2, that in the last days I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters. They will prophesy. That's God's promise to me. My sons and daughters will prophesy. Let me tell you, we stood on that word whenever our kids were growing up. Now, we declared over them, you will never, you will never go the way of the world. I'm not saying that they were perfect kids, but I'll tell you this. They always had a heart after God. They were always in the house of the Lord, and they always, they obeyed their mom and dad. And whenever they didn't, yes, glory to God, we knew how to apply the board of education to the seat of learning. Hallelujah. When I grew up, we didn't have time out. We had knockout. Anybody else grow up? When I grew up, you didn't have, you had, you had time out. You had knockout. Oh, honey, you just asked me. I'm going to pitch you over in the corner. <laughs> That's exactly where I wanted to go. <laughs> You can, you can only play on your phone now. So you got to stand firm. You got to keep standing in the midst of all the situation. You have to begin to look with the eye of faith. You got to see something beyond where they're at right now. And some of you may have some real challenging situations, but I'm telling you, you can begin to look with the eye of faith. And you can begin to call those things which be not as though they were. And God will show up and God will bring deliverance. Y'all with me? I'm trying to come into an end. The next one is this. You got to know it's coming to an end. <laughs> he says, you will see them no more. You got to know that this is a temporary situation. Look at somebody and say, temporary. It means it, The Bible actually says this over in 2 Corinthians. It says that the things that are seen, that they are subject to change. They're not eternal. The things that are not seen are eternal. But the things which we've seen, they're temporal. They're temporary. They're subject to change is what it literally means. 
Everything that you're looking at is subject to change, right? The reality is 20 years from now, that thing is not going to look the way that it's looking right now. And 20 years from now, that keyboard will not be here. It will be replaced. I guarantee you that, right? Everything that we'll probably might have another drum set. Everything's temporary. The chairs, it's very likely we'll have some different chairs 20 years from now. Everything is temporary. Things fade. They disintegrate. All these different things that happen just in a, a fallen world. And so you have to realize that whatever you're looking at right now, you got to know it's coming to an end. The enemy will paint a picture that this is the way that it will always be. This is your lot in life. My friend, I'm here to announce to you today that that is a lie from the pit of hell. It is not the way. That is not your lot in life. That's not what God's ordained for you. But don't you know that mama had sugar diabetes and, and grandma had sugar diabetes? It just must be my lot in life. No, my friend, God's lot in life for you is healing. It is deliverance. It is restoration. I don't have time to go with real deep into that. But you've got to know it's coming to an end. Amen? You've got to under, understand that you're just passing through. Yea, though I walk the valley of the shadow. Yea, though I walk, I'm walking through it. I'm not, listen, I'm not taking a Winnebago there and doing a camp out. Are y'all following me? I, I'm not taking an RV and deciding I'm going to get in the valley of shadow of death and just stay there. And there's a lot of people that are erecting tents and even building houses right in the middle of the shadow of death. And my friend, God says, yea, though I walk through it, I'm walking through it. I'm not going to live there the rest of my life. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to live there for a day. I'm moving through it. I'm moving through it. And I'm moving forward in Jesus' name. Amen? Look at somebody and say, don't stay there. You're going through hell. <laughs> if you're going through hell, don't stop. Keep going. Keep moving. Next thing he says, you've got to let God fight for you. He says, God will fight for you. You do the praising and let God do the fighting. In the midst of a situation, lift your hands to heaven and start worshiping and praising the Lord. You read over in Matthew 21, and you'll find that Jesus arises as a man of war in the midst of praise. If you'll just begin to praise and worship in the midst of the trial, in the midst of a situation, in the midst of whatever is going on, whatever the sea of adversity is shouting to you today, my friend, God will arise, and he will fight on your behalf. Don't take matters into your own hands. You have to put this in his hands, amen? See, praise will silence the enemy. There's sometimes there's things that we face. There's nothing in the natural that we can do about it. But I tell you one thing that we can do in the spirit, and that is we can lift our hands and begin to worship God. I tell you something we can do in the spirit. We can take our Bible out and begin to read the promises of God and declare God's word over the situation. Amen. The next thing is this. He says, why do you cry? That's what God asked uh, uh, Moses. So here's, here's the next point. Coming to a close. Stop your whining. Look at somebody say, stop whining. A lot of times people start, you know, what they call prayer is nothing but them complaining to God and whining. My friend, that does not move the hand of God. Whining does not move the hand of God. Complaining doesn't move the hand of God. The only thing that it does is it reinforces the power of the enemy to actually inflict these things within your life. Pity parties never accomplished anything other than opening the door to depression and oppression of the enemy. My friend, stop your whining. 
Stop your crying. It's time to rise up in the power of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you another, just please hear I say this. The whining and complaining is always an indication of unbelief in manifestation within your life. And you have to stop all of that. You have to, you have to cut that off and say, I am not going there. You know, I know there's a hurricane right now that's out in the, the uh, somewhere down there. And there's, the projections don't look real good. They don't know exactly where it's going to be. Just in the name of Jesus, let that thing begin to dissipate. Let a cold front, dry front, whatever needs to go through and, and just eradicate that thing. We don't want another hurricane. But can I tell you, in the midst of Hurricane Michael, God turned our sea of adversity into a sea of victory. Can I tell you that even on the other side, and there was times, I tell you, my mind wanted to go, why? Okay. I mean, that's, that's just a natural thing. Your mind wants to go. When something happens that you can't explain, you begin to go, why? What did I do? You know, of all the places, why? You know what? And I made a decision. I would not allow my mind to go there. You know why? Because ultimately, it only leads to more questions. And by the way, it's not only questions, it's unanswerable questions. And what I had to do is I had to learn to change the why into I am persuaded. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor powers, nor hurricanes, nor tornadoes, nor fires, or any other thing will separate me from the love of God. And I don't care what happened. I don't care what the enemy did. My God is greater, and he's going to turn the sea of adversity into a sea of victory. Hallelujah. Oh, y'all have heard the testimonies that we, our building now, we have no debt. Woo! Praise God. No debt. And not only that, but the following year was the greatest financial year we'd ever had here at High Praise. And has only continued to be great years. Now, I'm saying all that. See, that's not supposed to happen. You had hurricane. You had COVID. You had craziness. You had everything else in the world. We had every reason just to say, well, you know, again, turn on the gas, light a match. Goodbye, world, goodbye. No, we're not doing that. Hallelujah. What God said and what God declared over this house, over your life and over your family, God will surely bring it to pass. You don't throw in the towel. No, you man up. Right? I know that wrestling is choreographed. Another word for fake. <laughs> yeah, that's the truth. I don't, is, did anybody ever watch any wrestling? Anybody ever watch any wrestling? Does anybody watch any wrestling right now? Yeah. Okay. I, my boys, I went on a ministry trip, and the family couldn't go with me. And all of a sudden, I came back, got back on a, you know, I ministered on a Sunday, got back on a Monday. And uh, I remember Pastor Joshua, he was just Joshua then. <laughs> And uh, he said, Daddy, he said, Nitro's coming on tonight. I said, Nitro, what's Nitro? He said, it's wrestling. I said, wrestling? What in the world? I go away for one weekend. My kids get perverted. So anyway... So we started watching Nitro, and back then, Hulk Hogan, I don't know if anybody knows who he is, but anyway, Hulk Hogan, it was always the same thing. Every, every wrestling match was like this, okay? He would get on the ropes. He's on the, you know, he's on the mat. Everything's 
gone. You know, it looks like everything's gone. And all of a sudden he stands up. And then Ric Flair, he just stands there, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Next thing he does is this. Am I telling the truth? And then the next thing that would go on, he would do what they call Hulk up. Listen, my friend, I'm only doing that to illustrate to you this. You're going to have to hulk up sometimes. You might be down on the mat, but you got to hulk up. I said you might be down on the mat, but you got to hulk up. And something might be slapping you across the chest, but you got to get up and you got to hulk up. You got to say, it doesn't matter. If God be for me, who will be against me? Who will I fear with God on my side? I'm going to stop my whining, stop my crying, and get up and do something about this in the name of the Lord. I may not be able to do anything in the natural, but I know how to pray. I know how to praise. I know how to prophesy. I know how to declare the word of the Lord. Amen? The last thing is this. Move forward. You got to refuse to allow the enemy to distract you. Paul said, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. Listen, you will never lose if you never quit. Psalm 57, 6. I want, you to, I want to read this to you in closing. This is my fifth close. I'm keeping moving. Praise the Lord. They have prepared a net for my steps. My soul is bowed down. They have dug a pit before me. Into the midst of it, they themselves have fallen. I'm declaring to you that the sea of adversity is being turned in to a sea of victory. The pit that the enemy dug, the hurricane that the enemy sent, God's caused the enemy to fall into that own, his own pit, and we come out on the other side smelling like a rose. Whatever pit the enemy has dug for you, whatever sea of adversity you might be facing right now, I'm here declaring to you by the Holy Ghost that God is turning things around and God is causing your sea of adversity to now be declared your sea of victory. The test will become a testimony and the pit that the enemy dug uh, will be, even be a pit of victory as he is swallowed up. Would you stand to your feet today? Hallelujah. How many of you have received something from this? How many of you receive? Listen, I want you to receive what the Lord is saying. I believe, although I know this is a, a message that I'm preaching, I believe it is a prophetic proclamation over our lives that God's turning our adversity around. God's turning the adversity into victory. And I know that probably, there's probably nobody here that's not facing some sort of thing. You know, it seems like there's always something that's out there. Some of you may have some really big things. Some of you may have some smaller things. But I'm here to declare to you whatever it is, and it doesn't matter what the size, small or big, large, gigantic, God is going to turn things around for you. He's turning things around. Will you lift your hands to the Lord right now? Pray this with me. I want you to pray this with me. Father God, I thank you that today my sea of adversity is being turned into a sea of victory. I declare in the name of Jesus, the pit that the enemy dug, that he himself will fall into it. I declare in the name of Jesus that you're turning my mourning into dancing. You're turning my sorrow into joy. Today is a day of turnaround. Today is a new beginning. 
Today is a new season. Today I am seeing the fulfillment, the fulfillment of everything you promised in Jesus' name. Can you give the Lord a praise right now? Come on, give him a praise. Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram. And don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.